Assalamu alaikum. Hi, Jibreel. Hi, Mohammed. Hello. Do you guys, is that how you guys uh, pronounce your names? Jibreel and Mohammed, or is it Jibreel and Mo? Mohammed? I, I pronounce it uh, how you want it to be pronounced. You can call me Mohammed because that's how I want to be addressed from here on forth. Mohammed, okay. <laughs> no, Jibreel? Okay, Jibreel. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. <laughs> Giggles already. Okay, so. I'm pretty sure we share some similar listeners, um, but for those who don't know about Young and Muslim podcast, can you guys just give us a quick background, one of you, about why you started it, a little bit about yourselves, and then we'll go into kind of the topic of the the episode. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Jabril Salam. Um, the, I guess the way the podcast started was when we actually first met. Um, I was living down in North of Virginia. He's from Western Virginia. Um, and we eventually went to college in Virginia Beach, Virginia, um, as two of two Muslims in a Methodist school, small Methodist school. Um, from there, it was just a variety of experiences, like being harassed by police, being harassed by, you know, <laughs> different students and stuff like that. Not, not in a bad way, but, you know, just those certain experiences that, you know, everybody's gone through. Um, and once we graduated college, we eventually had the opportunity to be co-hosts on a radio show. Um, but we felt that the people we want to actually reach out to would live better on the podcast form. Um, so after much begging and negotiating with Mohammed, uh, he wasn't on board at the beginning. <laughs> oh no. No, not oh, at all. No. Not at oh, all. Oh, you made a good um, choice. <laughs> all right. As I can see. I'm just I'm I'm just very good at convincing. Um, uh, yeah, we started the podcast last Ramadan. Uh, thank Allah for that. And um, we started because we felt that there was a there was a voice that wasn't being heard. Um, the people that weren't necessarily a hundred percent like in, or the people who were in and who were still like um, shaking in certain areas, or like they had struggles that they weren't able to share with parents, or even hard to share with friends, or they didn't feel like they were Muslim enough or this, this and that and the third um, and just very raw experiences. And we felt that we want to um, share our experiences to help other people um, live through theirs. I mean, I would definitely agree. Uh, but on the other side, I think why we've been able to kind of get this thing going, because um, we're very much different and alike at the same time. Jabril came from a Muslim community that was very small and intimate. And I came from a Muslim community that was very large and broad, you know, mm-hmm. where you, I'm not gonna say you weren't proud to be Muslim, because Alhamdulillah, we're all proud to be Muslim, but we don't realize like the value and kind of the essence of it is being Muslim, because you really don't understand the value of Islam until you look around. There's no like Muslims around you. I think that was the biggest thing. And then when I went to Methodist school, I looked around. I was like, whoa, yeah, legit. I am the only Muslim here until I met Jabril, and then we automatically just clicked and we became best friends. And then, as he mentioned. You know, he had to really convince me about it because I was like, yeah, I really don't like talking a lot. Like, I don't know about this radio stuff. Like, I'm just trying to chill, you know, <laughs> work and get money, you know, like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I've always, you know, thought I was going to do something different and be something special in this world. And that's how I really got compatible with your bro. But uh, I think the biggest thing that made this thing work is we just made a commitment like, hey, not not only we're going to do this, but we're going to live this life. This podcast helped us like live a better life and get closer to the dean alhamdulillah so it's just benefits from all around that's amazing yeah, yeah. you guys are and, very lucky to have each other oh uh, thank that's you it. no and, and and i guess to add to that like i guess maybe to reiterate what i said um is just like we keep it extremely raw as well we don't try and filter out anything um 
because a lot of Muslim content seems to be extremely filtered. Um, and I think you actually, your podcast is really good because you don't filter mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out either. So it's mm-hmm. like you get a very, like I've learned a lot about women, Muslim women in particular, by listening to your podcast. Yeah. So um, it's kind yeah. of risky in a way because you just never know how people can take what you say. You know, they don't necessarily know your intentions, but yeah. absolutely, it's, it's not always our responsibility to assume or like worry so much about what other people are going to assume because there's always going to be maybe that one person that misunderstands you, but you say what you feel like is, is what is needed to be said. And then you just hope that everyone understands kind of, and, and that's kind of always been my thing is just like making sure no one misunderstands um, what I'm saying. And I feel like maybe there's going to be a lot of that in this conversation today <laughs> with us, but I'm actually really excited to have, so my brother's been on my episode, but he's my brother. You guys are actually the official like first male. Um, what? what? I know. Hey. I always said it was a Muslim, it was a platform for Muslim women, but now I'm kind of realizing that it being a platform for Muslim women doesn't mean that I can't have male guests uh, to discuss um, Muslim women issues because at the end of the day, how do we know if we want to create allies, right? That's the whole topic mm-hmm. of this episode. Mm-hmm. How do, mm-hmm. if we want to create allies, we need to have those communications. Like you can't expect mm-hmm. and work towards something, but like not talk to each other, right? At <laughs> all. And that's kind yeah. of a problem I feel in, in some of our Muslim communities is we don't talk with each other. And no. I, I don't know if that's... Um, a stigma like we just don't want to talk about our problems or the whole like maybe men and women mixing uh, but i think it's time that we just approach it and just you know have those conversations it's the elephant in the room yeah. right like i, I mean i think Especially because, with some of these things that these women have like sense i was like oh yeah some of these women have some grievances towards men and i, yeah, I know that you might not relate should. to all of them but i think mm-hmm. that I know both of you have sisters and women in your lives and moms, and and I think that that's where you will be able to relate. And and I think that's the way that every Muslim man and woman should relate everything that they say is like looking at the people in their lives. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I think just for starters, um, I was listening. I was telling Jabilis yesterday. I was listening to something from Mufti Mink. Big shout out to him. I love, love listening him. to him from Zimbabwe. Great brother. And he was saying he was like, look. If you want the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you have to be merciful for Allah's creation, the people around you. Sure. If you want respect, if you want you know, Allah to be nice with you, then do the same to Allah's creation. And when it comes to women, it's like when we're around women that aren't, like, aren't Muslim, we're talking up a storm, we're hanging out with them, we're doing all these different things, like having that inner gender like, dialogue, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when it comes to Muslim women, it's like, we can't look at them. We can't have those same conversations. You know, I know we have our different like barriers and stuff like that, which we respect. But it's like, how long can we go for without even talking to our own people? You know, for so yeah. long. And then it's like, okay, by the time we're age 30, 35, we get married. We don't even know how to treat our women. Yeah. You know, we don't know how to treat them right. We don't know how to communicate with them. We don't even know what, you know, what they like, what they don't like. We're just assuming and then talking amongst us. So, I mean, like you said, I'm really happy this has happened because, um, People say that interfaith dialogue is so important, so is intergender dialogue. Yep. You know, obviously, yeah. you gotta do it in the most respectful way, and then that's why I kind of want to, you know, get your perspective. Like, how can guys talk to Muslim women in a respectful way, and that conversation does have to always be tailored around marriage? Because that's the first thing. You know, I'm talking yeah. to somebody there, like, you know, like a an Abu or Amu or whatever, looking at me like, oh yeah, you about to marry her? It's like, oh, we just met five minutes ago. You and know, that's what I mean? part of that's kind of one of the reasons why, you know people don't speak to each other is because they kind of fear those things. And I think it's interesting because there are barriers. 
I think, and you know, there are like guidelines that are set in Islam when it comes to like interacting with the opposite sex. But I mean, I don't think it was ever meant to hinder completely mm -hmm. our communities in the way that we as a community stand strong and like, you know, um, work with each other to make sure that we're protecting each other and that we're there for each other and that we're growing together. And so for me, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing when I when I was thinking about this episode was how has it hindered our communities and why is it that Muslim women just don't feel comfortable um, around Muslim men or they feel judged by Muslim men and their go-to sometimes is not Muslim men. Um, sometimes uh, it's Muslim, it's men that are not Muslim. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I think I think a big part of it is we have this idea that the Muslim woman is different than the Muslim man in terms of how we interact on a daily basis, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, like we all three of us like the beach, right? But like you'll you because you're a woman might be less likely to go to the beach because you're afraid that you'll get criticism for showing you know your ankle or whatever like you can't enjoy certain or things even wearing a burkini. yeah or even wearing a burkini right which you know in my opinion hey completely cool but there's a lot of guys that aren't cool with that stuff and you see a lot of times guys will muscle men will uh give a judgment on something without talking to a woman ever all right. Certain brothers are like, oh, I've never talked to Muslim women, but women need to do X, Y, and Z. But it's like mm -hmm. you have to understand these women. They they're just like us. We talk to one another about our troubles, but like, when's the last time you actually like listened to a woman and, and said like, huh, I never thought about it like that? Or how is it for you where you have to wear, you know, the kimar or the hijab? Like, how is it for you on a daily basis? Because we like, I don't, I can't grow a beard, so like. I don't look like this stereotypical Muslim, right? So when I go out of the house, you know, I'm a guy, you know, but you go out of the house a as a woman that does cover, you're a Muslim woman, mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah. and so we, we don't take that into consideration. And I think the the frustration, going back to like the the analogy or the, the, the example of the beach, the frustration sometimes comes because there's that man that is going to judge a woman for what she decides to wear at the beach and it could be whatever but that man himself isn't like covering up to the islamic standards himself so you have the guys that are posting pictures of themselves at the beach and they're wearing shorts and their belly buttons showing <laughs> but no one really does you know no one because obviously no that's been, yeah that's that's been a little bit more normalized and but then you see a woman and she's you know in a burkini like i don't know if you've recently seen the um Halima a. Exactly, yeah. right? and it's Mashallah. sad because i go through the, the 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 comments and you have obviously there's a lot of support but the two negative and this is like so much the reality of a, a Muslim woman whenever she's being judged for something. There's there's kind of two sides. There's the okay. Muslim side that's judging her for always that there's something wrong. No, her she's still being um, seductive or that her clothes are too tight. Like there's always something wrong, right? Even though she's covered head to toe. And then there's the Western side that's sitting there saying like... She's oppressed. Yeah. <laughs> like why are they pushing this like oppre these oppressive ideals? Um you know, that they're normalizing like this, you know, uh, patriarchal like uh, religion. You, it's just like it's frustrating. And I, I know that there's a lot of support and that's amazing to see. But again, it's still like she's not covered enough or she's too covered. Yeah, the, it, it sucks because as men who have a platform and we typically try to use our platform to empower the woman within our lives like you know we shout you out and samia out all the time and like we love you guys podcast and we love what you guys are doing like the artwork that you come out with like it's, it's great and so 
as guys that have a platform um, and we've lived lives of trying to empower the women in our lives, mm-hmm. it's very disheartening to see guys that that really don't even try and have that compassion towards the women in their lives. Yeah, you know, you know, because because at the end of the day, it's like I can't control anything that you do. I can't control what my mom does, my sisters do. And you know, future Habibti, wherever you are out there, I can't control. <laughs> like, I can't control what my wife would do. You know, like all you can do is be a good example. Yeah. But the only example they see is someone that's, um, you know, constantly judging them or being discouraging to women around them. What do you What are you going to expect out of the people, the women in your lives? But you know, Jabril, there was one thing that you said that I had to kind of like retract. You said empower, right? Somebody told me this. We don't need to empower women. They're already powerful. We just have Ooh. to support them. You know, it's like somebody told me straight up. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is how guys think. Who says they need to be empowered? You see what I'm saying? So it comes like, it comes from the stem. It's the roots that's the problem. Um, I see this a lot from an immigrant family where it starts from a very young age. You have a boy and a little girl and the boy's about to go out. The boy goes out. The girl's trying to go out. No, 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 no. You have to stay home. You have to clean. You have to, you have to do these things. And then, you know, the boy wants to do something. So the boy is running around the house, can do whatever he wants. And the girl from the beginning has barriers, is put in a cage, you know. Mm-hmm. And it starts from the parents, really. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, like, Jabril knows, like, my mom, she runs the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm powerful because of my mom. Like, my dad is strong, but my mom plays no games. I can't tell her nothing. Yeah. Right? And then you see these other Muslim guys that try to, I don't know what goes to their mind when they're trying to, you know, feel like, the women in their lives need power. They need to tell them what to do. They honestly don't. You know what I mean? Obviously, you got to respect your husband, respect the men in your life. But these women, the women in general, already have everything they need. Yeah. All we need to yeah. do is just support them and guide them, like just be a compass for them and try to take them the right direction, really. Yeah. That's about it. No, I agree. Yeah. I think the empowerment, part is, the empowerment part is really inherent in women. Um, it's inherent <laughs> in everyone, right? You have that sense of empowerment that is natural but it's the it's the people around you and the support that you get that helps you really establish that and practice that like for myself Mm -hmm. i feel truly empowered but part of that is because i am supported by a lot of people and it's not just a lot of people like on social media but it's like people that actually matter to me um people that when they say that they're proud of me it means it 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 motivates me more um Mm -hmm. to do more and so there's a lot of women who are empowered by thought, but maybe aren't able to act upon it just because the the support sometimes that's the most needed is that family support, right? Especially yes. when we talk about Arab yeah. culture, like I'm yes. an Arab, I'm, I'm from Yemen. And so I understand and I've seen firsthand how that can hinder a woman's ability to act upon in that empowerment. Like I sit with women who are intelligent, like extremely intelligent, could I'm be sure. amazing in the STEM field, amazing businesswoman, but they can't move they're literally tied down and that's i think the the unfortunate part and sometimes that i see you know maybe fathers are a lot more closed-minded and you know traditional especially immigrant fathers but then i see that the brothers their own brothers are not pushing for change or supporting them part of it i think just because they're like this is the status quo this is how it is they don't really want to challenge it um and yeah. burden themselves with that because obviously it's going to cause some issues and they have to put themselves in situations with their own parents and maybe like you know have uncomfortable conversations but it doesn't really affect them and we know that in some of those arab cultures like the boys do get a lot a- away with a lot more than the girls do yeah. and so they just kind of shrug it off because 
they're off doing whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get into one of the topics that were sent. Um, mm. It's actually funny. I've had I've had some interesting reactions to some of those things. Like I've had things where women are really upset. Like someone actually sent a comment and there was like, just tell them to leave us alone. Like men leave oh. us alone. <laughs> so so to to that <laughs> to that point, right? I wrote it down because um, I thought it was funny. I think it's great. <laughs> both of you guys brought like really interesting points. How you're saying like, you know, from a young age, you see how parents kind of already segregate what boys can do and what girls yeah. can do and how you know women are supported and i think the a big reason why um i have the outlook i do is because my my pops he set the perfect example in our small community where because it's so small we had no choice but to have women do like jobs that men would typically do yeah. you know yeah. and so wherever we went there was always more women and my dad was like well shoot well um, for example, my mom is getting ready to give the uh, the opening, the closing um, prayer, the first Muslim woman to give the closing prayer in our city back at home. Yeah. And, you know, and my dad was the first Muslim man to give it. Like, yeah. I was probably like six, seven years old at the time. Yeah. But you know, from making women like radio hosts, having their own shows and yeah. things like that, like that's something I've grown up around. And so, you know, when when I think of Islam and I think of our religion, I always think of empowering women and and so when i say empower i don't mean like they don't have power it means more so like give them the platform and give them the backing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. give them that backing because at the end of the day woman hands down will outwork a man a hundred times more if they have the right tools and i, I i've seen it so and it's interesting because i think back at like um when i would go back to yemen when i was younger okay like obviously pre-war my grandma the way that they lived um their lives back in the village like they worked they were out in the fields and Mm. like with the animals and in in the farms just as much as the men were and you really did see that there was a sense of equality and i don't know how or when that switched and i actually Mm. had someone message me one day uh, it was a a yemeni girl and it's because because i posted a picture of my mom right and my mom was wearing like gold and she had like a shawl on her head you know now if you look at a picture of muslim woman in yemen like you know they're completely covered because that's kind of like the cultural standard and where it's gone um And so she was like, how did that happen? Like, how did that change? Now, I'm not against niqab or how women choose to wear hijab. I have a sister who lives in Michigan who wears niqab, and I'm completely supportive of it. But she just wanted to know, like, how did we go from, like, such a community where everyone felt safe around the opposite sex and they worked around each other and there was just, like, that sense of community to now where, like, you can't even speak to your neighbor who is a male or, like, you have to run away if he's, like, near or cover your face. And I, yeah, I don't know. That's just an interesting thing because I couldn't pinpoint or think of like what exactly mm-hmm. changed it, that might have had. A but it, isn't it ironic, though, that, you know, going back to the beach example, how Muslim men will get on Muslim women. But yet those same Muslim men will be the same ones staring at the non-Muslim women that wear bikinis. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's very ironic. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of um, hypocrisy and just a lot of cognitive mm-hmm. dissonance when it comes to the way that they because again there's muslim men that are pro feminism and pro um like or western ideal uh western feminism ideals but then when it comes to the muslim woman or like let's say the arab woman in their community that does not exist like yeah, they just yeah. it's like let's, let's let's support it out there let's look modern and like look good 
to the to the Western people to to you know, and then time for salah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that thing okay. is loud. So, anyways, okay, let's let let me, let me get into the, some of these um yes. of these questions. So one of them. Um, there was actually a few and I summarized it and they just, um, some girls commented and they said, don't shame us for doing the same thing that men do. Um, and that's like kind of a general topic, but essentially like spreading rumors and I don't know if there's like quote unquote guy talk, um, but partaking in that and also calling out guys who partake in that. So I'm not a man and I'm not mm -hmm. a part, like I've never been in that type of setting to understand or even know what happens. It's just kind of what you assume or what you hear because obviously um, rumors do spread, especially when uh, people see a, a girl doing a certain something, whether it's perceived or she actually is. But what is that experience like? Or like what from your upbringing and as men, mm -hmm. be honest, What's that like? My God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for me, um, coming from an, you know, from an Egyptian background and more of an immigrant kind of upbringing, yeah. um, that starts from like the aunts and the women in my family. Because my dad, you know, he knows I'm a smart guy. He he treats my mom like gold. Shout out to my pops, great guy. Um, my mom would always say that he said, Muhammad, you don't want a woman that's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't want a woman that's always on the road and doing this and just busy, just out there, you know, doing so many things. I just thought, I'm like, why? Because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's exactly who you are. You know, like my mom, like, mom, you're never yeah. home. Like, you're out there, you're working, you're hustling, everything. She's like, yeah, but I'm your mother. You want somebody that's really modest, somebody that's going to stay home, somebody that's not really out there on social media, post pictures, you know? There's like a stigma that's put on the guys too from a young age, from even the women in their lives. Like, hey, this is the type of woman you should be looking for. This is the criteria, you know. And then once you look at that criteria, you're like, okay, when I'm looking to get married, this is a criteria I need to follow. In the meantime, let me just go after the things that I like, yeah. you know. And <laughs> you know that criteria that your mom is giving. All right, cool. This is what Muslim girls are. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So I'm not ready for that. So let me go ahead and talk to women that aren't Muslim. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, when I'm ready to get married, then that's criteria I look for. Then when I find a Muslim girl that doesn't fit this criteria, I'm like, oh, wow, she might must not be practicing. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? She must be doing a lot of other things that I don't want to be involved in. You know, she must be staying out late. She must be going out with her friends. But these are assumptions, right, that are going on these in are, your head? This is assumptions. Yeah. But this is what I was taught from a young age from my grandma, great grandma, like my mother and aunts and all the other women in lives. Because right. I know we talked about this off uh, offline, and those are the type of things that my mother's looking for in a daughter-in-law. You know, somebody mm -hmm. that's gonna kind of like worship her son and be there when needed, kind of stay in the house, take care of the house. And that was like the old criteria. Now, you know, men and women have to kind of do equal part in it. So. When you think about the other side and you have that guy talk, that's the way I'm thinking. Then that's the way another guy's thinking. That's the way another guy's thinking. So we're having the conversations. We're talking all about the same thing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. And then before the internet came up, you know, you would, you know, MySpace, you see a Muslim woman, like, oh, yeah, look at this Muslim girl. Okay, wow, okay. She has about one or two pictures up. She's covered. She'll be a good wife, you know? Then you find another Muslim, like, oh, man, she's not wearing a hijab or kimar. You don't want to. I mean, that goes on now. That goes that on goes now. On now. That goes on I'm just telling you from a young age how that kind of built up. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. All the way up to now. So 
I'm like, now we're smarter. We actually have a conversation with women and everything. Mm-hmm. But we never have a conversation with women. It was just everything is based off the assumption. Even since you were a kid, it was based it off was of surface a, level. Surface yeah. level. You know? Actually, actually, I don't. I don't think it's so much about assumption as it is that we've, as men around the world, we've been trained to think that the rules don't apply to us, right? Like, mm-hmm. even just in like mainstream society, like the guys can go and party, they can do whatever, yes. they can they can go off to college and live this basically other life, but the women are very. very very sheltered in what mm-hmm. it is that they can do and where they can go. Meanwhile, like you were saying, like, you know, a brother and sister, uh, the sister can be more mature, have better grades, do whatever. The son go off to college, party, do his thing. And then the daughter is like just stuck because she's not seen as being um, fit enough to go and run her whole life. Now, again, that depends family to family. Right. You know, I'm not here to judge, but it's, it's, it's funny to me because you see guys out here that judge the woman, but yet we're out here doing way worse things, if not the same things, regardless if it's worse or if it's better or if it's on par, you know, the way that I've, you know, we've been in the same circles, like we went to school together and the mm-hmm. way that, you know, guys talk about girls sometimes is pretty bad, you know, mm-hmm. and like how we treat girls. And I remember, you know, we were freshmen and um in college and i remember there were certain girls and guys would say oh like don't go her she gets around yada 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 but we look at the guy like you get around Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so what's the difference right so when in those conversations do you call each other out like that or is that just like a thought in your head that thought comes much later once you get older Mm -hmm. yes because because when you're young, like, dude, that's normal. Like, I'm supposed to be out here trying to get girls and, mm-hmm. you know, try to have mm-hmm. sex and all that stuff. Like, that's what we're trained and conditioned to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not just it, people say, oh, it's the music. They say, it's everything. Like, I remember back in the day, we had this mechanic, Mr. Martin. Shout out to him, my man, the <laughs> 757. I miss him. Um, he, uh, I was I was back from college or something like that. And um, he was like, you don't got a girlfriend? I was like, nah, Mr. Martin. He said, well, boy, you need to go out and soil your old oats. And if you guys know what that means, it's like you need to go out there and, and explore and have fun and stuff like that. And and it's funny because he would never say that to one of his daughters. No. You know, that's uh-huh. something that that's something that older people say to young men, but they don't say that to young women. So is is it's just it's a very slippery slope when you like most that you 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 give guys a set of standards, but then mm-hmm. you're like girls have to uphold this. Right. But is that really is that really realistic? Yeah. You know that women wouldn't have the same wants and needs, desires, and just like ambitions as a guy. You know? Yeah, I think that um, women also play a role in this too. I'm not saying that women aren't guilty of you know kind of spreading rumors and and shaming women women as well. Um, even if it's not on purpose, but like, you know, we know that the older generation tends to talk about which girls they see are like the, the ones at the masjid, the ones with hijab and, you know, and the one that is, she knows nothing of, but she's not wearing hijab or she dresses a certain Mm -hmm. way, then, you know, there's a certain Mm -hmm. type of, um, picture painted there of her. But I guess to move on to the next question and, and close off this one, like, I think the best thing to do is to not share right these types of discussions and conversations because even in islam like namima or like gossip is is forbidden because we know what kind of implications it has on people's lives and i know that it's bad for men too but we all know that 
any type of gossip about a woman is going to have a complete different type of effect on her life and reputation than it does a man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, and also, I guess just to add my last point in there is that, sure. you know, when we find a guy that's doing those type of things, we're like, oh, man, that dude's he's a player. He's awesome. Right? Like, man, we all need to be like him. I remember one time this guy told me the craziest things when I was younger. He said, when you have a key that can unlock a whole bunch of locks, that's the master key. Right. He said, but when you have a lock that can be unlocked by a whole bunch of different keys, he said, it's a broken lock. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, just even that methodology is kind of crazy in itself. It's also, right? It's it's just crazy in itself because, like, those analogies happen all It's just like, those analogies happen all the time. So, I kind of, my question to you, Noor, is that see how kind of guys talk about each other and talk about women in your, in your, you know, your circle, group of friends, the people that you know. Is that how you guys also talk about women that don't wear hijabs and stuff like that, that you guys don't know, that happen like a younger generation too? I think it's older generation. Well, it's both, right? I see it mostly with the older generation because, again, they're um, quote-unquote shopping, right, usually for their sons. Yeah. So they're looking yeah. for those types of cr- criterias. Uh, I don't think, like, for me, my circle of friends and a lot of the women that I'm with, I yeah. think that we've let go of that a long time ago just because <laughs> one of the things that, for me has helped because I mean, I grew up really conservative. And so I did have those um, preconceived notions that if a girl wasn't wearing hijab, that she's just not a good Muslim, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I became friends with girls who were Muslim who didn't wear hijab, but like were better than some of my friends that wore hijab. <laughs> did I make that yeah. realization? And then um, I'm very like outspoken that if someone, I'm someone who hates gossip and I don't like people talking about other people. So I either, um, leave the conversation but also like i can say in a respectful way because i i don't want to seem um degrading or demeaning to the person that's talking right and come out like all high and mighty like mm-hmm, don't gossip mm-hmm. because they're they're not going to receive that well and so the purpose of me trying to get them to understand that this is this is wrong and you shouldn't be talking about other people is going to go out the window and they're just going to think that like i'm i'm being arrogant mm-hmm. so i try to make something about that but like also my mom like if i hear my mom or i hear her friends like i Mm -hmm. i let them know like you guys like at the end of the day we're muslim and only god is gonna judge that woman for what she does but also Mm -hmm. you could be receiving a bigger sin because you're putting this idea of her because of something that you perceived out there into the world for people to consume and then also put that image on her as well when you could be wrong you know there's that's oppression that's and when you do that that's gonna weigh heavy on you on the day of judgment and like are you ready to carry that weight like no one is so i think when people start making those realizations and it's like that person might not wear hijab even that might not be the best person but all of you guys talking about them is gonna send them to jannah and take you down. <laughs> That's literally yeah, how you know, I say it, you know? You know, it's, 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 it's crazy you say that because we just had an episode with a rapper with tattoos yeah. and everything. He's like, look, when you find a Muslim brother or sister, what you're supposed to do is find the best in them. That is Even true. if you see some bad things, just keep finding the best in them. Keep finding the mm-hmm. best with them. And I was like, wow. We do the exact opposite. You know, we go to a halal yeah. restaurant and we see something that's not good and we just, we're quick, you know what I mean? Quick to write a bad review or anything like yeah. that. You know, but we go to somebody else that's, not halal regular, like, okay, you know, it was all right. We'll just get another chance, yeah. you know? So I mean, like, e- wow. 
even in, you know, with what Sister Halima is doing, you know, what she did with Sports Illustrated or even um, Nortaguri, what she did with Playboy, right? Like yeah. you look at you look at that, you're like, oh, my God, like, how can they do that? Da, da, da. They're degrading the, the name of Muslims and so on and so forth. But look at all the good that they actually do with their platform and exposing um, exposing those uh, illustrations or those magazines or platforms to Muslim women, yeah. you know, there's so these people do so much good on the back end that we don't see yeah. that shapes the way for, you know, our kids and our kids, kids. I mean, look at the way people talk about, you know, the Muslims in the 60s, you know, the Muhammad Ali is like they talk bad about him because he didn't want to go on the draft. Yeah. Right. Put him in jail and everything. But he actually paved the way for Muslims. Exactly. For all of us, and no, yeah. and like it, a lot of this stuff goes unseen. So especially for Muslim women, you know, a lot of Muslim women have put countries, full blown countries, on their back, yeah. you know, um, and even in this country, like Muslim women have done a lot for right. you know the Muslim men that we see in the forefront. And even like, so I know that there's people who will disagree with, for example, what Halima did or what Nur Tuguri did. At the end of the day, everyone's going to want, like, they're a Muslim woman and they have a right to present themselves in whatever platform. They're doing something for the community. It's, I think, has more good than bad. Um, but they're doing something. And what frustrates me, I think, is like when people have an opinion and they're the ones sitting at home doing absolutely nothing for the Muslim community. And so it's like you're going to judge someone for actually putting themselves out there. I can tell you, I'm sure it's not easy to put yourself out there like that and to receive that type of attention, whether it's good or bad. Um, but to criticize them and it's like, but really, what are you doing for the community? Mm-hmm. Like at the Show end of the day, word. they have the right to 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 put themselves on those type of platforms. You can disagree, but I respect more so when people disagree, and I see that they're doing something a little different. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can understand what yes. what you know perspective you're coming from. And the other thing is, is when you were talking about um, speaking with that rapper, and he was saying like treating Muslims or seeing the good in Muslims. I think it's funny sometimes that when we're on the news, right, and we tr- we, we portray, like, Islam is a religion of peace, and Islam is mm. this and that. Mm. And I think it is outwardly, but when it comes to our own communities, my God, we do not practice some of those things. You know? <laughs> yeah, the basics, the fundamentals. So, even with him, though, like, I showed a picture to... You know, to my my parents and my mom. My mom was like, "Oh wow, mashallah!" Like you can probably learn a lot from him. And my dad had like this look, like, 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 uh, wh- who's this guy? Like all the tattoos and like tats on his face and his neck and stuff. And I was like, "So, so, so, what's wrong?" Like this guy, he's a business owner. He opened. He had a halal Chinese restaurant. Yeah. I've never in my life seen a halal Chinese restaurant. Like, it was, it was, a, it, and it was great. It was amazing food. You know, like he's he's helped. Um, you know the brothers that he grew up with to get into a better state of mind and to come to the Dean. So it's like, that's the stuff that we don't see, but that initial, that initial passive judgment is like you said, so much more harmful because instead of you trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, you're really just passing it off. Like, Oh, they can't really be Muslim. Yeah. And that's actually interesting because it goes into one of the points that someone pointed out. Um, When you talk about, so what someone looks like outwardly in comparison to the work that they do, it kind of 
people um, will either legitimize, legitimize or they will delegitimize someone's efforts based off of how they look. So, for example, there's a lot of people that I'm sure would see all the like there's so many great things that he did. But because of the way he looks they're they're not going to look at that at all and so it's the same thing for muslim women so a lot of muslim women are saying how because mm. if they don't wear hijab then any type of community work that they do men and women um don't take it seriously maybe or just it's 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 not taken the same way as if they wore hijab for example like i think for myself like i do a lot of community work and mm -hmm. i think that a lot of respect comes from the fact that like when they see me, I am covered. And when I go to the masjid, I wear like abaya and I'm like more modest. But mm -hmm. I'm like, what if one day and I've never alhamdulillah, had like much of a struggle recently with hijab. But if I decided to one day take it off and like I haven't changed as a person, but I just took it off. I know that my work is going to be perceived completely differently. You know, like yeah. I don't know how this necessarily pertains to men, um, because I think this is an issue that both we women get or people in general, like, right? Like, like the rapper and like a Muslim woman face. Um, but how, how can, what are some of the ways, cause someone had made a list of the different ways men could be allies um, to women, but how, what are some of the things that you would list? And I can either, if you guys want me to read them first, I can read them. Or if you want to get started with some of them, I can do that too. I have an example of a friend. I consider her a friend. Uh, she interviewed me for her Instagram platform called Muslim American Faces. Um, and it was it was cool. Like she just hit me up out of the blue. Uh, her name's Heidi. And she just said, I'm like, hey, um, I do these interviews, yada, yada, yada. Like talk a little bit about you, your background, so on and so forth. So I meet up with her in this area. This is before I moved. And she didn't she wasn't wearing hijab you know and i thought nothing of it i was like she has a platform that is growing is doing something really cool and she's helping me get my story out there as well mm -hmm. and after that i put her on to muhammad i put her on to other people because i saw what her work was and i think at the end of the day as a whole whether the woman's wearing hijab uh, gemar or or not as muslim men we have to look at what women are doing mm -hmm. and support that not because she's pretty or because you like her mm -hmm. but support mm -hmm. her because the work is good mm -hmm. you know and i mean just like with anything like if the work is bad whether it's man or woman then let them know but if the work is good and yeah. you're like yo like you guys won't be judged the same way as us and i think that's really the point of hijab right so that you guys aren't being uh, subjected by your looks right. we're not looking at you and trying to prey on your looks but we're taking your work and we're saying we like your work because we want like you as a person mm -hmm. but we also value you as a person and as a member as, of our community not just oh she's a pretty woman so right. like her work we're going to choose her work even though it's not as good as the woman's work who you know um doesn't wear hijab you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there, there shouldn't be an in-between with that yeah no that's good i think that that's like as a Muslim woman, that's it feels good to hear that from a Muslim man, you know, like look at the work that we're doing and not again on the surface level things, because as be like being outwardly Muslim, that's kind of the experience uh, majority of the time. Um, one of the, the comments that someone made um, was hold each other accountable. So I'm assuming she's talking about men. Meaning mm -hmm. not allowing other males to disrespect women in your presence. Now, I feel like mm. that's probably not an issue with you guys. But I no. think I think that goes back to even just like 
siblings and like brothers, cousins, and then people in your community um, standing up for women when they're, and I think someone else too had talked about like she goes to a gym and she said that like, if you're a Muslim man, and again, this can be tricky sometimes because I think that people might assume that if a Muslim man approaches a Muslim woman, it's like because he's trying to like hit on her or something. Some mm-hmm, women are just mm-hmm. overly, like that's just the, the, the thing that they that goes to their mind. But it's that like, oh, I should feel protected and like safe if I know that a Muslim man is in is in the presence. So, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, thoughts on the matter or just on the topic? No, like just on the topic of like. How's the? What would the experience be like of making yourself present around Muslim girls mm-hmm. to let them know, like, they would be protected or like, because we should feel safe mm-hmm. around Muslim men. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think we worry more about like judgment. Yeah. But do you guys even fear like going up or like at least saying mm-hmm. "Salam alaykum" and not assuming that a woman's gonna be like, not a- <laughs> "I'm married" or you know, like, "Don't talk it to happens. me." It happens. I mean, it happens, but um. I think just to hit on what I usually do to support the women in my life, it definitely starts at home, you know? Um, for sure. Like, for example, I have my, my brother-in-law and my sister that live with me, and my niece is there. They're, you know, much less some young, beautiful uh, black girls. And, you know, they run around the house. And then I remember my brother, he just joined flag football, right? And he joined, and he was going to go to practice, and my dad was taking him to practice. And my other niece was trying to go with him. And Mustafa was like, no, 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 no. This is for girls only. I mean, this is for guys only. Like, girls have to stay home. Like, this is, like, like, this is a sport. And my dad agreed with him. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, she's going to come with you. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to come with you. Maybe she doesn't want to play football, you know? So I asked, yeah. like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to play football? Because if you do, you can. Like, there's girls that do it. She's like, no, Mohammed, I want to do gymnastics, but I just want to come and watch. I was like, awesome. Like, I made sure she went with him, you know? So that definitely starts from and I love age. that you asked her because they they immediately assumed she wanted to play when she just wanted it's, to go watch. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's another problem. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, girls can do everything that guys do. Well, sometimes they don't want to do what guys want to do, you know? They just yeah. want to be there and kind of absorb it. Another thing that I think we forget is that we have to help our women financially, you know? Um, I think that's really big uh, for me. You know, when I get paid and everything like the first thing I do is I give my mom like money in her hand, mm-hmm. legit, like here's some money. Mm-hmm. And then my younger sister, she's married. She has kids. I'm like, hey, here's some money. You know what I mean? And my mm-hmm. younger sister, here's some money. Like they don't get that because their husband was like, hey, don't worry about money. I'm going to pay for everything. But the money's not theirs. The husband has all the money, but he's yeah. just spending it. They have to like beg him like, hey, please, can I get a dollar because I want to do this? I'm like, hey, look, I don't want you to depend on nobody. Even though that's your husband, like don't depend on nobody. You got me like do what you need because a lot of times the women are crippled financially because they legitly have to yeah. i've seen it beg their husband for a dollar beg their husbands to go out you feel me yeah and one thing that i see my mom do is that my mom has her own money and she calls her own shots because that's possible <laughs> yeah. and that plays a big role that plays such a big difference because money does go a very long way you know there's a lot of things that women can't do because they're just not financially able to so you know the men out there listening like hey if you're older brother and you have sisters, like, take care of them in, in all senses, you know, spiritually, financially, mentally, check yeah. up on them. But, uh, you know, I think that's one thing that people just forget about. I disagree with you. All right. Ooh, you can. Let's go. I, I, just, I, I disagree because that's still enabling a, a behavior where the woman is dependent on, you know, her male figures to 
to provide for her. So what would you do in that situation? How would you handle it differently? So, for example, this is how I was raised, right? I was only a child for for a good while. And my dad raised me to learn how to make money on my own. I mean, like, seven years old, you guys remember, like, Super Nintendo, where you had, like, blow in the cart, whatever. My dad, I was like, Dad, I want to get the Super Nintendo, get Zelda, da, da, da. And he was like, you're going to have to work. So he, like, literally took me to work with him at seven years old. And I Mm -hmm. saved up enough money to buy it on my own. And so now my sisters, they're, they're pretty young like teenage preteen um ages and um you know my sister's always oh i want to get this i want to get that well it's like well you have to learn how to work for your money as well because there's going to be a point in time where you're not married and you do need to know how to get money on your own so like i i remember my sister was in sixth grade and we went to Walmart. Like we used to, we always like whenever I go home, I go and pick them up, and we like just ride around in the car and we talk, and I try to see like what's going on their day and stuff like that. And my sister was like, you know, I want money. Like I want to start making some money. So I was like, cool. So we go to Walmart, and as soon as we get in Walmart, there's a, a shopping cart filled with clearance um, bubble gum, and it was like clearance bubble gum. It was nasty. It was it was a sour green apple. That's, that's why, why it was, was on clearance. clearance. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was 25 cent a pack, right? It's 25 cent a pack. So I told my sister, I said, look, I'm going to spot you. I'm going to buy $10 worth of this bubble gum. $10 of that nasty bubble gum. <laughs> that's a lot. But, but you're <laughs> going to you're gonna take these and go sell them. So 40 packs, and she sold each of them for a dollar. So she had the opportunity to make $40. That was her money. I didn't ask for it. You know what? No, I did. I asked for my money back. I said, this is the price of doing business. Because in the real world, when you go out to start a business, you're going to get investors like, yeah. I want my money back. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think we have to start at a young age with our sisters and our daughters where it's not just, oh, let me make the boy work and give the girl money. It's let me teach her the value of money. Let me teach her the importance of knowing how to make your own money. Because if there comes a time where you're married and now you're a widow, what do you do then? You know, what happens in that, that the age where you're in college and, you know, the family's going through financial struggles, but like you got to stay in school. Like, yeah. are you going to work? What if you can't, if you need more than the, a nine to five, like, so, so it's, it's really about when I say empower, it's really giving them the tools to be able to build whatever it is they want to build, giving them that freedom to, yeah. to, to use their, their, their brain power, their abilities. So as, as a woman, I think that both of your guys's views are actually valid, but I think that they would apply at different situations, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me, Mm -hmm. Jabril, that in your situation, you already come from a household that doesn't have those standards or norms towards women working. So I think it was really easy for you to implement that and say, oh no, like I'll spot you money, you'll make Mm -hmm. some money and then you'll, you'll pay me back. Whereas I think Mo comes from a place where there's already those cultural standards. And so I think the, Mm fastest way for him to support the woman in the in his family is to do it that way because i was thinking of my brother and alhamdulillah i'm in a situation where you know Mm. i am financially independent but if i wanted to start this podcast because you know it costs money it's not overly expensive but you have subscriptions Mm -hmm. you have equipment you have stuff that you Mm -hmm. need to pay for Mm -hmm. i know because my brother supports what i do that if i did if i wasn't working and i didn't have the money that he would sign me up for those things and he helped buy me some of my equipment so it's not that he would say, well, I'll help you figure out a way to like make your own money if in my own family I wasn't going to have the opportunity to work. 
Um, but he also wouldn't say like, no, hold it off. We're going to go through this whole process to get you, you know, into the workforce and then you could pay for mm -hmm. it. He was going to mm -hmm. support me then and there because that's when it was needed. Mm -hmm. And at, mm -hmm. at the same time, he can address those issues that's holding me back from working. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so go. I think that they're both valid, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't completely disagree at most points. So yeah, no, I, I, I get exactly. I get. Exactly no, I think you disagree in the sense that it's not the way you would go about it because it wouldn't yeah. fit your scenario. And the same thing, I think his scenario wouldn't fit because I don't think he would tell exactly. his sister, who is married. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if she has kids, but like, mm -hmm. you know, let's put you out there and like you, so you can make your own money. But maybe that's a long term goal, right? That's like a long term yeah, thing yeah, that absolutely. you would work for. Well, absolutely. you know, we're seeing we're seeing platforms where where anybody can make money from any point in time and place, right? Like right. I had a friend who she literally, she spent like a couple of years riding her bike around the US, like a bicycle, right? And how she made money, she sold, she like knit and, and sold it on Etsy. And, and like, that's a tool, that's an ability that, you know, if your sister, she, you know, she's able to clean, you know, very well, or like she's a nanny or something like that is, giving them the idea and helping them kind of like how you were saying yeah. your brother would help you with a podcast mm -hmm. like seeing the the potential you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he was very good at seeing the potential of somebody and then helping to birth it within them you know um giving them and inspiring them to to go forth and and be confident in their abilities. So you know the story of Drill mm -hmm. comes up where you know this guy was you know he wasn't the handsome the most handsome of guys and you know, crippled in certain ways, but the prophet believed in him. Mm -hmm. And and I think as men we have to take that attribute of being able to help encourage others around us, men and women, so that you know for you with your podcast, it's like yeah I want to do a podcast, but I don't have the money. It's like okay, well you know what, like let's how about this? I help you out. And we'll build this out, but you know, I'm going to teach you how to make money along the way, so that if anything happens to me or mm -hmm. to our pops or whatever, mm -hmm. you're not dependent on yeah. you're not dependent mm -hmm. on someone else having to do it for you. Right. You know, and that's mm -hmm. great, actually. So, so a few points with that because I think that's a great point, and I I'm appreciating this conversation because I think it touches on a few things. So, a few things. One, I think that what I can appreciate, and I think a lot of women appreciate, is and this is like when we talk about how to be an ally for Muslim women. And, and I think we're more specifically talking about the Muslim woman in your life, which, you know, in Islam, it says, mm -hmm. like your family and those who are closest to you are more deserving of like your assistance, right? And your time. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so let's, let's talk about how to be an ally for those women. And I think the fact that you take the effort to try to help someone through something and not just one, putting a bandaid on it by like, mm -hmm. just finding a, a quick fix because you don't want to um you know have to take the time and effort to like help exactly. someone and so i think that's that's a big thing and that's something i've always appreciated and loved about my brothers is that it's not just like a put a band-aid on it or let's not make this an issue like you know it's going to create problems within the family and because that's the experience mm -hmm. with a lot of women is like a lot of men don't step up because they don't they want to avoid problems basically yeah. and i think that's selfish mm -hmm. um i got really excited about the second point and then I forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's what I think is like the the bigger picture when we talk about allies is just 
Jabril, what was the point you were talking about earlier? Like right before when you were before you waved your hands? Because I had a point to that and then I forgot what it was. Well, what was it? Just, <laughs> just supporting them along the way. Is that what you're saying? Um, no, because um, yeah, no. I started talking about the prophet and about Jalabib and how you um, you birth the potential. You see the potential in them. Um, Maybe I did touch up on it. But yeah, like basically seeing the potential. It, it's going to come. It's going to come to you. Yeah, probably. But, you know, just in general, like seeing the potential in them and being supportive of them. And, you know, that has an influence on a woman's confidence, too. Like I do a lot of what I do with my brother's support with confidence because I know I have my family's confidence Does that make, or, or support, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm 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 smiling because I know that you're really trying so hard right now to think of what it was. It's, it's going and to it's bother going, me the whole time, and it's going to come back to me when I'm done recording this. So, so no, no, I think it's going to come in in the midst of you. Like, Aha, Eureka! It's going yeah, because I was moment. like, this brings two points that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> um, and I was only able to touch upon one. So I also had an example. So my younger sister, right? Um, yeah. She wants to get into EMT. And she was like, hey, Muhammad, I want to do EMT. I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, why do you want to do it? Like, what are the hours? What's the commitment? And then once my mom figured out that she had to be out, like, once or two nights a week, like, really late, she was like, no, you can't do it. You yeah. know? I was like, hey, look, no. Like, she wants to do it. And my mom's like, who's going to pick her up? I was like, I'll pick her up. You know what I mean? So now, like, when she has EMT and has to head to, like, um, the fire station, I get up early Saturday mornings to take her like a late at night to pick her up because if i don't do it then she doesn't have the opportunity to do it you know and then for times now i'm really busy because i got this and she's like oh like my mom's like well you don't have a ride today then how are you gonna get there i'm like just call an uber you know and my mom's like no that's not safe i'm like hey look ubers are pretty safe now you know we have the, the, the guy's information like as soon as she gets in the car i tell her just to facetime me throughout the whole trip make sure there's you're ways good around so, it right there's ways around it but if my sister didn't have my support would have got shut down her dreams would have yeah. got shut down like right off the bat you and know that's and how you're becoming an ally to your sisters absolutely and, and people and people tell me like yo muhammad you do so much for your family but like you said like i gotta take care of them first so if i didn't look after my sister and spend all that time she would never been able to follow her dreams to be in emt you and, know and in so, the big picture like if you're taking care of your sister your sister's not going to look for support of no other man out there like absolutely. she has her brother absolutely. and then halas like it really does solve our problems i mean granted there's there's sisters out there that don't have siblings or maybe a father figure but yeah like a lot of the issues that we have is because people aren't like i think that's why subhanallah like islam emphasizes that is because if everyone took care of their neighbor and of their family then and you themselves. wouldn't need yeah the people across <laughs> the country wouldn't need to be uh taking care of others or in other yeah. you know in other countries um so i did remember what the point was <laughs> good give you that time yeah um nice it, and it and, and it's still two points because now mo added something that brought up another point <laughs> hurry up before you forget them <laughs> no I, I don't think i'll forget them now um so when mo was talking about his mom this has been my experience and the experience i've seen with others is parents are very closed off to certain ideas because especially mm -hmm. as immigrants they're fearful like you experience the real world to an extent that they haven't so you really know what's dangerous and what's scary and you also know mm -hmm. what's kind of like this is not as bad as like our, my mom might think it is mm -hmm. and what i've learned is parents are super feel fearful in the beginning but when you have that push from your brother to like be like no 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 she can do this i'll help her 
it becomes normal to them and then she's able to like do it and i'm sure i don't know if your sister is already doing it right now but like once she is in it and it's been a while it becomes a norm to them and they accept it and then she's rolling now yeah that issue of the night thing Mm -hmm. no longer becomes an issue that was like how it was with my parents with my work i was commuting an hour away with my first job and when i first told them about it my mom was like, no. My dad was like, well, wait, let's talk about this. <laughs> but my mom was like, that's too far. And then once I, you know, was in it, it like didn't, it like they didn't even realize that I, I was commuting. Like it became a norm. So sometimes mm. it's just that support from someone who can like push our parents to accept something until yes. they, it becomes that norm. Because, you know, poor them, they're immigrants. They don't know. Like they're, they're just people. <laughs> no. yep. And to my second point is because Jabril was talking about knitting and all these other things like there is a space now with the the internet for women to become entrepreneurs and like do something um and so that's different ways that they can also receive support because like there's women who can write really well um women who can edit um women who can draw um you know the the woman who did my uh cover art even though she I think has a job as well but like she does that like on the side and good for her like she makes money on the side by you know doing um graphics and stuff so that's also like mm. another area as amazing well. so work not, by the way huh amazing work by the yeah, way yeah no she's incredible shout out to her um but we're not just limited to the idea that women have to be like in an office or outside the house not that there's anything wrong with that but she can work around her lifestyle and limitations to still be financially independent because that is a big mm. piece as you said mm-hmm. Okay, so one more thing, and then I think we'll just wrap this up. I just wanted to point this out because someone sent a long message. What is this not? Is this not? Um, you guys go pretty long on, on yours. I'm sure. Oh, it's minutes. We're good. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like the conversation is like is 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 flowing right now. Like it, it's good. That's but how it, it usually goes. No, at towards the end. I mean, if you have more to say, I'm I'm here to listen. Um, but so someone she kind of wrote this long message, and I think she sends it to you guys. But she was essentially saying that she's a woman who has a career um kind of is the breadwinner for her family and takes care of her parents and built like um you know bought them a house and is let's just say the 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 breadwinner of the family and she worries now she's i think in her early 30s she said about marrying and essentially marrying someone who's going to support a woman who is supporting her family um mm-hmm. So how do you guys feel about that? Not not just your personal perspective, but what do you think men usually view that as? Like, do you think that they get pushed away by the idea of her still being involved with her family in, in that financial sense or the fact that she might be more successful or make more money than him? <laughs> There's, uh, for people like in African-American culture, uh, People that just like good TV. There's a show called Martin, and there's an episode oh, where with Martin Lawrence. Yeah, with Martin yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, Martin. Okay, yeah. you know Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an episode where he finds out that Gina makes more money than him, and it's a whole thing. And at the end, you know how that? how sitcoms are. He's like, you know, I don't care if my baby makes more money than me. It's all good. <laughs> but there's this pride that we have as guys that if your woman makes more money than you, we are going to joke the heck out of you like it's just that's just how it is right um i I think i think in her situation because you know she sent it to us and um first off it's very commendable what she's doing because i i mean to to do what she's doing to hold off probably a lot of things that she wants to personally do is is Mm. you know hats off to her um 
but I think from a guy's perspective, there's two parts. There's one, there's one, yeah, she she makes more money than me or she's successful without me. But I think when when a guy is looking to get married, he wants to find a, a woman who isn't hinged, you know, because you know, typically we're getting married younger, so you want to travel and you want to go here and you don't want the 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 I guess excuse to be, oh well, um, you, you know, we don't have to watch your parents today, do we? Or like, you don't want that to be like something that holds you back from being able to be just like a married couple. Um, and I think that's kind of what her concerns were from from what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, the other thing I think is definitely cultural because um, I think you know, mom might have a different perspective with it, where it's like. You know, for for them, the woman staying with the family and helping the family is something that typically the oldest child does. You know, the oldest yeah. son, does, you know. Um, but it's it's just, it's just different. I think it just depends on on the guy. You know. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because, I mean, it's a double standard. But the when you read that message, if if she was a man, I think it would make her more desirable. Like. <laughs> if, if 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 like if anyone was to read that and I'm like oh that's a that's a catch like he that's makes money man. he takes mm-hmm. care of his family like mm-hmm. bought a house like pays for their car like that's 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 a man right there but like when it's a woman it becomes a hindrance mm-hmm. and it makes her less desirable because somehow she needs to be not as successful if that makes sense. I don't know if it, it it's intimidating or if it's just worrisome because then she can't take on those traditional roles that I think every man wants to an extent. Was was interesting. We talk about this all the time. What's interesting is that you know we come from a culture where guys are almost babied, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Where the guys never taught how to cook, the guys never taught how to properly clean. Um, everything's done from like you know. And this is no hit at all to Egyptian culture, but like I'm very close with his family. And so like I know when we go to say like a cousin's house or aunt's house, the guys all sit around while the women all cook. Yeah. The guys smoke shisha while the women all cook and the food gets brought to us. All the women leave and then they go and eat like later. Like later. culture pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 and, and I, I don't want to just say it's Egyptian culture or just Arab culture, but I mainly see it in Muslim culture. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my culture, it might like women and men. In my family specifically, you know, all holidays we eat together and we eat everywhere, like people on the couch, people in the kitchen, on the counters, like eat everywhere. Right. Um, But in in a more traditional setting, like, you know, all the older guys might go sit somewhere and they might talk smack. All the younger kids might go somewhere and the women go somewhere. But there's never this um, this idea that like you can't intermingle. Right. Um, But, yeah, like the men, the men are baby because it's almost like we don't even have to go live on our own and, and find this independence, you know, whereas women, it's like the women are expected to know how to do everything and then get married and then keep doing everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it's interesting. And I think it's probably more interesting for Mo because he probably hangs around with you the most. But like I get it, the experience of a lot of convert Muslims. And that's, a, a, I'm sure, a very different experience than yours because you were born Muslim, correct? Mm-hmm. And so that I don't know, like I've never experienced or seen how a non-arab muslim like practices islam you know because culture to me has just been so intertwined with islam that mm-hmm. although i can separate the two the older i've gotten it's still sometimes mm-hmm. something that i don't I, I it's hard for me to imagine without the culture you know yeah so that's, it's really interesting when you share your perspective because i'm like wow it's just so different like yeah 
like one thing that's that's really different is like my female cousins like we hug each other and like we're we're like all very like we're like siblings we're very yeah. close with each other and i know some other cultures like like even family members they're they're male and female they won't even like get near each other yeah and to me that's very weird because our culture is one that's like super embracing i think generally it's like because of where i'm from like it's not like african-americans in north carolina and southern virginia aren't the same as african-americans in new york and yeah. so on and so forth there's similarities but it's there's different obviously culture. differences exactly yeah. it's, it's differences but um you know yeah there's like there's us just being friends and learning about one of those cultures and um, the move up here has has really opened my eyes to, you know, not just respecting people's cultures, but taking a second to figure things out. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. assess the situation. Yeah. So many interesting things. I'm so happy that we had to have this conversation. I think that for me, I wanted to feel somewhat, not just for me fulfilled, but hopefully the listeners mm-hmm. and the women that like were really anticipating this episode, that they got mm-hmm. something out of it. And what I think I got out of it, and I'd love to hear what, other people and maybe what you guys got out of it is the best way a Muslim man could be an ally to a woman is to do it at home. That's what I think I got out of it. And, Mm -hmm. and, and it makes me sad because I don't think that every woman can have that either because she lacks men in her life or because the men in her life aren't willing to take that approach. Um, Because I think that there's so many things, there's, you're only limited to so many things that you can do to Muslim women you don't know, right? Because we still have those barriers and that whole, like, do you interact with someone? Do you not? Like, how, how, Mm -hmm. because in our community, like, you don't overstep your, your boundaries when it comes to families and that can create problems and stuff. So when I, I look at this and, and I hope that the male listeners listening to you guys and hearing what you guys' experiences and the things that you guys do, take that back and like really reflect and say like, oh, this is how I can help my community is like doing it at home. And guess what? Like no one but maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the woman in your life are going to know about it, but it's going to have more impact than anything public that you can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, that's what I've taken um, from this episode. And I'm, I'm very grateful for you guys um, doing this with me. Absolutely. I would say another thing that I see, especially with, the younger generation has been passed out from the older generation that Muslim men like don't love. There's like no affection. Yeah. There's no passion with yeah. the women in their lives. Like uh, like my brother-in-law, he he lives with me right now until he gets on his feet and everything, right? And um, he just comes home and it's just he's just boring. You know what I'm saying? He's just like really boring. And I had to pull him aside one time. I was like, hey, look, brother, um, you're not just about to work and have kids with my sister and just live like that. Like you need to show her the world. You see what I'm saying? Like take her out buy her nice things get her gifts make her feel appreciated because that's not what she signed up for you know and she's worth it you know know? um like it's crazy like muslim men they may take their kids and their wife out maybe like once a year somewhere i'm like yo bro like why aren't you doing this stuff i don't have any money it's free to go out to the park and go on a walk why don't we do that you know why don't you know, maybe knew you were no better than us. Like, I don't know why, like, Muslim men don't do that. Maybe Jabril and I are just different, but uh, they just... Yeah. No, no I think there in a lot no of ways you guys are different, which is not frustrating, but it just, like, I think that what I expected and maybe... And maybe I didn't expect this because I know you guys a little bit more, but maybe yeah. listeners want to hear more of, like, your standard, like, stereotypical Arab man like the angry mm-hmm. one and like why aren't you an ally to woman like i think that's who they want to reach out to so i think some listeners might feel like well you're talking to like guys that are already 
have these perceptions and maybe are doing these things with yeah. their families but mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that i need to be speaking to the ones that need to hear it but the ones that need to hear it are the ones that should be listening to what you're having to say if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah and, and i think it should bring hope that there mm -hmm. are like our kids are going to be raised in that same manner like <laughs> inshallah we we have kids you Absolutely. know all of us right and like our kids were able to interact and and there's not this stigma that you know we've experienced from either our own parents or other people's parents so for for your listeners like <laughs> i i would hate to disappoint and not be that you know the angry angry muslim man that you know <laughs> we're all kind of condemning you know but like I to think, the person who said leave us alone, I don't think they would be saying that to you. So I think they were yeah. like, you know, they're saying that to a specific type of man. But we get it though. We get it because I mean, even before we got on, when we were advertising that we were hopping on with you, you know, we had guys hit us up and say, like, hey, like, you know, make sure you guys say mm -hmm. yada 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 and this, this, no and that. Way. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, like again, you know how we are Noor. Like we we don't hold back and we're we're very real about um our experiences exactly and how we feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you know, at the end of the day, this is a message, not just to, this is a message to Muslim women saying, hey, we got your back, point blank. But then it's also a message to men saying, we got to do better because there's so many Muslim women out here that are like creatively doing amazing things, who are working and doing so many crazy, great, amazing things. Yeah. And, and, we, if we're not going to at least um, step up and do the same, we have to at least be there to say, you know, what do you need us to do? How can we support it? How can I, how can I just like share this this picture that you just posted? Maybe mm. that helps. Yeah. But like, we do nothing but just be a, a keyboard warrior. You're useless. Absolutely. And I'm gonna leave it on that note. <laughs> Young and Muslim, this Muslim Girl Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank all. you, Nur. Yay. I really do appreciate it, you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. All right. So after listening to that, I know you guys want more, right? Well, this is how you can get more. You can listen to the Young and Muslim podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Google Play. You can also follow them on social media, Twitter, IG, and YouTube at the Young and Muslim podcast or Young, the letter N, and Muslim.